0: marathon runners and and these distance runners they'll they retire much later on
1: Mm. so what you're telling me is that i could have a a future as a marathon runner this is it then you know what we got to talk after this (laughs) it is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next if your power goes out remain
2: calm oh my goodness we're going. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of the First Sit Podcast. Today, we have on Dan Digidio. Dan is a doctor of physical therapy who specializes in running. He has built his entire study field practice around running. He himself is a runner, and all he wants to do is make those out there better at it. At least that's what he portrays on his Instagram at the robust runner. So the goal here, we met Dan through Nisha, who was a guest on a prior podcast. Nisha's phenomenal. If you haven't listened, go listen. Um, she said, hey, you got to talk to my boyfriend. So her and Dan just sit home and they're incredible clinicians. And that's why we wanted to bring Dan on. Dan, welcome.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for the intro. That was it. Quite the intro for me. <laughs> Ego, ego's blowing up
2: yeah awesome dude so we start every podcast we simply say hey man what you sipping on so we saw you drinking out of something earlier what was in the cup
0: just ginger ale um it's this 365 ginger ale it kind of tastes different than my usual uh canada dry
2: mm. it, what is it is that the whole foods brand ginger ale
0: yeah it kind of tastes it almost t- tastes like it's like it almost just like lemon gatorade to me i hate that i don't
2: hate great. whole foods that i'm so anti right. whole foods why I have a honest vendetta against. Can old we blues. talk about this for a quick minute? They overcharge on <laughs> everything.
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's super expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: get that. No, they I highly overcharge that. and they don't have to. It's wow. egregious, and they have like so many of these products that I just don't believe in. So, wow. We,
1: this, sorry? You, you really? You really tr- you thought about this? That's the second. truth. We might have to <laughs> come back to this in a future episode. In another episode, we'll talk about. I have a genuine vendetta against. Old Damn, families. we're going to circle back to this, but I, I
0: will wait. go. I will go back to Canada Dry.
2: Yeah, you should. You should. Or, or Giant brand, Wagon's brand, but just not.
1: Hopefully. Me yeah. I just love ginger ale. I would love ginger ale right now. You Me know too. why? Because I'm not feeling okay today, Albert. Yeah, we had a long trip this weekend, Dan. Where were you guys at? Uh, North
2: Carolina for a wedding. Yep. Ooh. Took some damage on us. We drove too. Yep. Eight hours. Oh, Actually, so, it,
0: so the drive back was rough? Oh. 11,
2: 11 hours took oh, us to get back. God. Traffic got, on 95. How much sleep did you get the night before? I got three hours. The night before, I probably got about six. But honestly, last night, I didn't even get a lot. I was just getting crushed with anxiety of work tomorrow. That's that's, (laughs) paralyzing anxiety.
0: Nothing hits the Sunday scariest harder than like having to have a hard party weekend and then drive all the way back. Like because now you have to recover on like multiple fronts.
1: And then, yep. And now you're just thinking about what do I have to deal with this week? So <laughs> that's,
2: it's awesome that the Dikembe brought that up because when we were standing here setting up the equipment, mm-hmm. he literally looked at me and he goes, dude, because I was saying, I don't feel well. I just started squat tober today. I just finished the workout. Terrible idea after a weekend of dehydration. But the Dikembe looked at me. Um, and he's like, dude, I, I just don't feel well. I'm overall fatigued. So we wanted to pivot to you and ask like you, how do you, since you're working with runners, they have to overcome or like recover properly. Right. Is there a specific regimen or like way
1: you try to aid people in recovery? Yeah. Cause right now all I'm doing is sipping some Pedialyte and it's, it's not working fast enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a, you know, the, the hangover induced fatigue is a, is a tough one for sure. I would say that by and large, um, the first thing I always focus on with people for like the, cause I was just at run club the other day and, and somebody who's not an avid runner was like, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. What can I do to speed that, you know, that recovery up? And the only thing you can really do at the end of the day is, is get quality sleep, eat nutritious food. Um, and I always say the other thing, the other big thing is like spend time with your social support, right? Um, people get obsessed with like foam rolling and guns or whatever, uh, these are like quick, short-term relief strategies, but they don't offer like the actual recovery strategies that people really need, which is sleep, nutrition, social support, things like that. Rest days too.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm, today was definitely a rest day for me. Um, yeah, I feel like I got a good amount of sleep last night, but now you brought up nutrition. That's always a tough one for a lot of us to kind of get a grasp of what works best. And I was actually looking at one of your recent posts. You were talking about carbs. Yeah. You when know, people's you know hesitation to use carbs for recovery or just fueling their their training in general. Where do you yep. where do you stand on that?
0: Yeah, I so obviously I'm not a nutritionist, right? But you know, coming from from my, my healthcare background, like we have to be able to give some guidance on nutrition. And I back in the day, I, I was I was CrossFit through and through. So you know, the, the earlier days where it was like Zone Diet and it was Paleo Diet, um, and I went through the whole gamut of it, and then you kind of come back to center and you realize, you know, you look at the totality of the research and what's out there. And and by no means do I have a full grasp on the nutritional research, but I think you swing one way, swing the other way. But when you come back to the middle, you just realize following like good nutrition protocol, like making sure we're eating lots of fruits and vegetables, lean protein sources, healthy fats, and you're getting most of your source of food from real whole products. That's where I stand with all of my people because I see Within the fitness world and even the running world, people are under eating um, or restricting too much. And I I don't see a whole lot of benefit in that, especially if you're living a super active like athletic lifestyle.
2: Do you have a like a game day favorite or even are you a, a proponent of utilizing like an in run snack or like pre run snack? So for example, I did Broad Street and I drank, I ate like one of those goos, like the chocolate like goot. There was awesome, dude. I was wired for the next four miles. (laughs) I don't know if it was in my head, um, but like, is there a specific one that you love or go to or recommend?
0: So I don't have any, I don't have any gels I recommend. I mean, I, I, I get by on my easy runs. I can get by on just an empty stomach, a cup of coffee, like low intensity. So I, I get by on that. No problem. Afterwards, like oatmeal, eggs, all that. Um, for more intense runs or if it's like a, a much longer run where i'm going to need something a banana a thing of oatmeal and and not too soon before like maybe a half an hour to an hour beforehand um otherwise it just sits wrong with me
1: interesting interesting now you said for a light run what's a light run for you i was gonna ask the same thing that's hilarious um there's, there's levels to this dan and i feel like me and you are yeah, not on yeah, the same level. light light run for us <laughs> is different than light run for you
0: so I will say that a light run should be conversational pace. So regardless of like, I'm, I'm a big proponent. Have you, do you guys use uh, rating of perceived exertion RPE for your training? Yeah. So same thing for runners. Okay. So I, I, I anchor RPE three to four to a conversational pace run. So let's say us three went out for a run and we're trying to have a conversation and we want to make sure we have a conversation like comfortably, like I'm not like, like, Hey Albert, <gasps> like yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm I'm. It's smooth, and that is what I, I put as my my easy run, right? Um, so I'll do that, and I, I do time based runs. So it's not like go out for five mile run. Um, occasionally I'll do that, but it's it's mainly like today's a 50 minute run at an RPE three to four. Uh, I'll anchor it to my heart rate, but if the heart rate's not accurate for that day, or it's it's trending in some kind of different direction. I always come back. Am I, am I able to have a conversation? And that's my easy run.
2: So, so it's funny you bring up heart rate. I saw one of your other posts, you were saying ditch the watch. What's the, what's the theory behind that?
0: Yeah. So I love fitness watches. I love Garmin for the, the you know, it's ability to tell us our pace, tell us our distance, um, even provide us some feedback on like recovery and stuff. But I, I noticed this trend of people getting like very caught up in like things like the loop straps and, They're great, don't get me wrong, but by by themselves, they're not giving us like data that we can like hang our hats on completely. So um, for, for runners, you know, they'll be logging themselves into Strava, which is like an online running community where people can connect and comparing paces. And then what I see is people just end up chasing this constant, like need to always run faster and faster. You see runners getting injured. You see more stress fractures. So I, I think occasionally it's, it's good to ditch the watch, return to your love of running and get out there and go by feel, because that's going to be much better for like our long-term longevity versus going out there and trying to like compete with ourselves and others every single day.
1: I, I really like that point actually, because that's, I feel like that's a phase that we go through with, with training in the gym. You know, you sit there and you get so stuck on tracking everything or just looking for the next stat to improve that you forget to just go out there, you know, and just kinda enjoy being in the moment of doing it, you know, and just letting your body feel the experience, feel the training, you know, feel the distress that it's supposed to feel and then recover from there.
0: Exactly. And like you guys are just away. So you, you hop into squattober and maybe like usually you'd start out, I don't know how much you guys are squatting, but let's just say 3.15 for sets of uh, five or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm giving you guys three plates right out of the, out of the gate here. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, So let's say that's typically where you start, but you're hung, you, know, you, you were hung over, you didn't get much sleep, you, you know, you're out having a blast, you're fatigued. So it's easier to say, okay, hit an RPE of, I don't know, seven or eight, and you might not hit that 3.15, but you, your system still got the necessary stress for that moment. So you're not going to over fatigue yourself even more, you're going to get the right stress. And then you'll, you'll come back and you'll be stronger because of it.
2: So why do you keep, why do you keep referencing RPE? I know what you broke it down. And it's basically talking about exhaustion, but is do you feel like within your study, I guess, or what you, your research, that that's a better way to gauge training? Or that's just something that you like to base off of exertion, right? It's basically how you feel in the moment, correct?
0: Yeah, and I like it. I like it for both. Like, I'm personally biased towards it, but um, I also think it's it's giving us data in terms of like getting the the, the right amount of stress and auto-regulating the stress. So I, I don't want it to be like a cop out for somebody to go in and be like, "Oh, I'm just not feeling it today," and then they 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 don't exert themselves at all. But I think with practice, you should get to the point where um, like an RP five, whatever that is to you, is going to feel the same every time. You might not be putting out the same objective numbers with your running pace or the weight that you lift, whatever it is that you're doing, but you should still be getting the same stress, the same level of exertion each time. If that, if that makes sense.
2: No, it did. It did. Okay. So, so someone comes in and, and they see you, right? How, well, one, how did they get to you, right? How did they get to the robust runner? How do they get to Dan? Like what, what would lead someone to you? Do you have other PTs that recommend people to get to you? And then once they get to you, what, what are you going through? Like, what's the differences that are special about your practice? Cause we're going to have runners that listen.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'll certainly get people recommending like, like niche will send people my way sometimes. Um, but I'm primarily in the digital space. So I'm, um, I'm getting people through Instagram, through Facebook. Um, and they'll, they'll come to me through that, through those, those mediums. Once we're there, I'm as, in terms of running, I'm purely digital. So, uh, they'll come to me. I'll, we'll have a conversation, determine what their needs are, if they're a good fit for what I offer. Um, and then it could be anything from, you know, the full, uh, running analysis online. We'll go through, you know, a, a slow motion recording the running gait. We'll do a strength assessment for like their legs, and then we'll come up with an individualized plan for them, depending on what their goals are. So somebody might come to me and they might have some ankle pain and they just want to be able to get back to running like five k's regularly other people might come to me and they may have had previous injuries, but they're really just looking to stay injury free and run their first marathon or something like that. Hmm.
2: So I, I've heard, I've listened to like, like famous runners, like Cameron Haynes before. <laughs> um, and they always reference their gait. It does. Is there like an ideal gate that you should be in or is everyone's different? It's just like kind of how you feel comfortable kind of thing. Like Nisha was saying on the podcast with us that, your next position is your back's position, right? So it's not really ideally posture. It's really what feels good for you as long as you're just moving. So is that correlate over to running? Like, am I running wrong if I'm, if I'm always striking on the ball of my feet? Is that something you change?
0: Um, So it's not something I change and you'll hear that a lot of people say heel striking is bad. um, And it's not, it's not something that is always relevant. Like, the only time I change somebody's gait is if, they get some, if they're get if they having pain and they have some kind of symptom relief when I make the change. But as soon as we're back and comfortable again, we go back to the, whatever the old gait was because I want them to adapt to that again because that's what they were running more efficiently at before. Um, I wouldn't say that there's any perfect way to run, right? If you look at some elite level runners, they adopt a very upright kind of posture as they go. It's likely that that's just more efficient for them. Um, however, if you do look across the spectrum, you're going to see all types of different running gate mechanics. And I think it's important for us to just get runners running more um, at a lower effort so they can practice the actual running gate. And it's going to, our bodies are really good at figuring out what's more advantageous for us in terms of like efficiency standpoint. So if we just get out there and run more and practice it more, people are gonna adopt whatever ideal uh, running gate it is for them.
1: Okay, so. yeah. Speaking of getting out there, right? I was uh once again, I was on your page earlier and I saw you have a, a warm up guide, right? Mm-hmm. For, for runners. Is that something that you introduce to just like everyday people? You know, is that somewhere you used to kind of like gain new clients too? Can you tell us a little bit more about the runners guide?
0: Yeah. So it's it's a it's a running warm up guide. What I found is um I I'll see a lot of people asking, like, hey, you know, I go out for my run and the first twenty minutes of it sucks. Or I go out for my run and I just feel like I can't catch my breath. So my idea is that the warm up should just serve as a way to prep us mentally and physically for what we're about to do. Um, so, that that guide is for just about anybody, um, especially for people that maybe spend most of their time just like static stretching or doing things that aren't actually getting their heart rate up and their blood pumping. So it's a dynamic warm up guide and involves uh, brisk walking and then dynamic drills like lunges, marches, butt kickers, things like that, just to get their heart rate up and to get them moving their legs through a full range to get them feeling prepped and ready for that run. Um, and usually when people implement it, they, they feel better in those first 20 minutes as opposed to just getting up off the couch, heading out the door and, and hoping for the best.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I was going to ask you, like, I know you said, lunges, butt kickers, like high knees, um, something to spike the heart. I was going to ask you, cause for me, it always has felt like, when I run or when I go outside and try to run, I'm not a runner. But if I were to go for a run, the first mile running outside is harder than two and three, like by a lot. And the first quarter mile is harder than the second half of the first mile. Is that because I'm just not, I'm not warm or because I'm not a runner?
0: No, I mean, so obviously, cause I, I, I still get that too. If I go out there, you know, the first, the first mile. So if I'm not, but don't properly go through my world, but I'll feel it for sure um, I think what it is, is it takes the body a little bit for the aerobic system to get revved up and to get fully acclimated to the actual task ahead. So you're, you're probably, there's probably a little bit of like, we're running through some of like those anaerobic energy processes. And that's why it kind of sucks at first. Um, that's why I include the warmup that it gradually ease the person into, um, the actual task of running. So I, I think everybody goes through it. It just, Starting out slow and, and gradually building in is is what's really key. Hmm.
1: So we got our warm up down. We're ready to head out the door. Hell yeah! What's your what's your favorite running shoes? Hmm. Good question.
0: So I have two pairs. I have Nike Zooms and I have On Clouds. Now, I am one of those people who thinks the whole shoe thing is is a little outrageous. Like I you got to- Hoka's, you have Brooks, and people are like, "What's the best shoe?" And it's like,
1: I wanted to get into this. I'm happy you went there.
0: There was a period of time where people were just running like tennis shoes and we didn't have all these problems, but now we have a lot more problems. I think people blame their shoes for a little too much, right? Um, there's certainly research out there that says it's beneficial to rotate through shoes, which I have two pairs that I, I rotate through, but um, I think choose a shoe that's comfortable for you and minimalist, as minimalist as possible. So if you need something more supportive, then maybe you need something more supportive, but choose something that's comfortable, lightweight and that you should be good to go. So I I like my own clouds. They're super minimalist. um, They're lightweight. uh, And they're just, they're comfortable for me.
1: Gotcha. So people don't need to spend like $200 on a pair of running shoes just for- No,
0: and and they go into these places and and they get these running analysis from people that work at the store. And at the end of the day, they're trying to sell shoes. They're not trying to- really pick up the best pair of shoes. And I might get flack for this, but you know, if anything, I'm, I'm actually staying up to date on the research front. I make sure to actually read it. And then it's so inconclusive that I'm like, definitely can't hang her hats on any particular shoe type.
2: Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the farthest run you've done, Dan?
0: Uh, I'm a, I'm a big uh, marathoner. I, I'm not, I thought about doing a marathon, but I like the mid to to like i like the uh, shorter to mid distances so 5k up to half marathon is, is where i go
2: have you ever done a half i mean a full have you ever done a full no no oh nice yeah i don't i don't even know if i got that in me what a half marathon yeah you can do a half oh no a half i can yeah i did Broad yeah street. yeah there you yeah, go yeah full marathon yeah i, I could have definitely done three more on broad street like i'm saying dude it literally got better as i moved on hmm. the easiest part of broad street was mile seven to ten
1: what's That's the, the what's the race called like the hundred mile run uh, ultra. Is that ultra ultra
0: it's an ultra yeah you have like races like Badwater and leadville where do you think weird. about
1: people who do stuff like that like the goggins runners
0: no i i like them it's it's a it's a different population to work with because they they tend to just like have another level of pain tolerance that the general public do not have so whereas goggins was would run on stress fractures and me as a pt would be like hey you know Let's give that a little bit of a break.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not ideal. Okay. So what, what, when you, when people are coming to you, what, what's the typical thing? Like what are, I mean, people must be coming to you with the standard things that are going on out there, right? I guess like lower back, knee, plantar plantar fasciitis. You know what we're talking about. Fasciitis,
0: plantar fasciitis. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think the big ones I see, uh, knee pain is a big one. Um, You'll see some hip here and there, and then you'll see some ankle issues, uh, with the occasional stress fracture, which is always one that you want to look out for as a, as a physical therapist and even a run coach.
1: Okay. Can yeah. you describe what a stress fracture uh, would feel like?
0: Yeah, it's tough. Cause it, it is a, you, you'll have variable presentations, but for the most part, it depends on where it's at. So like typically people will get them in their shin bones. So it could feel like shin splints, but typically you'll have like very pinpoint tenderness, um, Whereas like when you go to push on it, like you'll have like a, maybe a 10 centimeter area. That's very, very tender to touch to the point where like, you almost don't want to jump and scream when somebody touches it. Um, and that's usually a good indicator. Stress fractures tend to like, if you have one, as you run, the pain will get worse until you stop running and take load off of it. Whereas something that's more tendon or muscle related tends to warm up and feel better as you kind of go along. So that's one thing that you can kind of, used to tease out whether or not you have a stress fracture. Um, but it's always good to get assessed because you can't diagnose it without imaging.
1: That's interesting. Okay. So I guess after you get the imaging, then would the best uh, route for recovery, just be to, like you said, just rest, get the weight off of it.
0: Yeah. You, there's, there's other schools of thought. Some people are more conservative where there'll just be like no weight bearing for some extended period of time. The general school of thought would be um, you know, alter weight bearing for like six to eight weeks. After that, you want to get back into gradual weight bearing because the bone responds to, to gravity and loading ourselves. Okay. So if you don't, if you just take a load away for all, the entire time, then you're going to definitely um, not get the appropriate load to the bone and, and not strengthen the bone to the way that it needs to be strengthened.
2: Hmm. So is it common to once you're going for a while to feel insane tightness in your lower back?
1: Is that a problem you are having, Bert? It is. Uh, Yeah.
2: And I, I notice it goes away the more in shape I get. Um, Yeah. I guess I don't know if that has something to do with it. I asked my one buddy who's a runner. He run. He used to run in California all the time, and he's a psycho. Like he could just go. He's one of those people that mental, like, is just different. Like his brain just turns off the pain threshold, and he could just run. Won't even training like in shape can just run ten miles. Um, it's weird. He's a freak. (laughs) But I would say to him like, Hey, man, why? Is it whenever I start to run again, I get crazy tight lower back? And he was just saying, you're out of shape. But I feel like that's not <laughs> the answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that, that's an interesting one. So um, without actually seeing how you run or, or, or actually cool. analyzing anything, yeah. I, I would say it, it could be that, you know, as you get in, in better shape, right, you start to adopt a more natural, efficient running form for yourself. And maybe you're standing more upright as you kind of, you know, now you know really now down your running gait. so maybe you're maybe you're kind of hunched forward a little bit when you're running and you're just stressing the back out a little bit not that that's causing any damage or it's dangerous but that could be why you're feeling that um but you know it would be it would be really hard to say without knowing or seeing a little bit more
1: right <clears throat> yeah I'm have say Do you do Dan. any like exercises to decompress your lower back before you start running?
2: Before I start running? Yeah. Well, well I've well, I've taken like a massive change in my life to focus more on mobility. And so I like I that. would now. I like that. Week yeah. after week improvements. Yeah. This is what we're all about, man. So That's it. So Dan, when, when the people come to see you, what um what do you like? You said you work on a little bit of leg strengthening also. What are typical exercises that you're doing that would you'd say, Hey, Bert, you want to become a better runner, make sure you hit this in the gym? Well, I guess like
0: so- you guys all strength train. So I know that you're already hitting them. And I have a bias towards heavy barbell training okay. for runners. Whereas if you like, if you open up like, like popular running magazines, if you see like a strength training routine, it's, it's kind of laughable in my, in my I've seen opinion. Them. Yeah. Cause it's like, you have like 15 different exercises of like <laughs> yeah. 30 reps. I'm like, that's just more endurance training. So I much rather have a runner do heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, um, some type of single leg work heavy calf training. And then I, I like them to do upper body stuff too, just because life requires us to use our upper body. So I think like having some kind of, you know, press and some kind of pull for the upper body is important too. So it wouldn't look much different than, I mean, it wouldn't look like a powerlifting routine, but it wouldn't have completely different movements than what you'd see a, a strength athlete doing. Hmm.
1: We were talking about that last week, actually, when we were uh, discussing CrossFit and, you know, some like the decath- decathletes and people who just do yeah. crazy, crazy Wait. events, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our friend who was the runner, he was actually talking about, you know, an Ironman competition this weekend. And that's something, have you ever, do you work with, uh, athletes like that who do multiple style events that include, you know, not only running, but other things too.
0: I don't have any triathletes. Um, I have people who've considered it, but, but they're, they're primarily runners and all, all of my, like, I very much do like to have my, my people be athletic or all, all like very well-rounded individuals. So, um, we're always working on, you know, strength training. There's, it's, it's always part of the plan. Running's always part of the plan. But um, like, I think one of one of my people wants to eventually do a powerlifting competition once they're done their their running training. So, not necessarily a triathlete, but somebody who wants to do both power and endurance. Yeah.
2: Do you have any little like uh, mental cues or because I feel like probably what eighty percent of running is in the head, right? That's why people hate it. Everyone hates running because it's so hard. I hate running. I do. It's just I don't enjoy it. Maybe, and that's why I'm asking. Do you? Is there ways you tell your clients, "Hey, man, maybe do this and you'll enjoy it more"? Because I don't. Yeah.
0: I, so, so when you run, like, do you, have, do you have a specific plan that you follow, or you just you just head out the door and try to like? What's, uh, what's your approach to running?
2: Sure. So the the time that I spent the most time outside and running was when I did 75 hard earlier this year, and I would run probably like twice a week. The other times were walks. Yeah. Uh, and the runs were anywhere from one to four miles. Right. And I hated it the whole time. Um, and my only approach was to get it done. Like that was my approach. So perhaps that's the bulk of the problem. But like at Dikembe, I knew used to enjoy running.
1: I have to make it easy for myself. I, I don't really, in, mm. I enjoy it, it when to I'm do in it. it, but the beginning process of getting myself there is very hard. So we talked about this before too. It's like, I have to kind of trick myself into running right so if i know i'm gonna run the next morning i have to have everything sitting out the night before interesting i can't sit there in the morning and try to get myself ready and say like okay here let me grab my running shoes let me find what kind of shorts i want to put on let me find my shirt i stack all of it up interesting because i've never uh, dan
2: i've never honestly spoken to someone that even really cares about running at all or asked yeah and then when we had the ability to talk to you i was like screw it. I'm going to talk to him about me. And I, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, uh, like what, what do you, is there ways that, cause you said people see, want to see you to be a better runner. Yep. So are there like mental cues or like blocks or, or things that you found that have made you more enjoyable?
0: Yeah. I, and well, first of what Dikembe what said, that that's like next level thinking in terms of like laying your clothes out. Cause most people don't think of that. Like sometimes it's helpful to lay, like <laughs> to actually put your clothes on so that when you get up out of bed, like people think it's crazy, but like you already have your workout shorts on you just got to tie your shoes on and now you're out the door. So that's one way of decreasing resistance to, to you get out of the door, but in terms of actually becoming like a better runner, the one thing that seems universal for everybody that I talk to is that they run too hard too often. So it's like 50% of the runners are going at like, you know, whatever their tempo or like moderate to hard effort is all of the time. And then they're getting burnt out, they're getting injured. So I tell people to pull it back to that conversation pace up to 80 to 90% of the time. So build your base. So um, this could vary from somebody who maybe they're not in aerobic shape to just handle a full on half hour to, you know, 45 minute run. So I would have them do a, a walk run where they're just jogging at a very, very easy clip and then they're walking so that they're not winded at the end. And I think often what people say is to me is like, I don't, I don't feel like I got a workout and they did their aerobic system definitely got a workout, but it's breaking that mental, like uh, that mindset that you have to be like huffing and puffing and sweating every time you get a workout in, because it's just not sustainable day in and day out. So I have people slow down. Um, and then we gradually sprinkle in some variety, some harder efforts on top of that. Uh, in addition to changing up their courses. So if somebody's like, I run the same thing every single day and it's, it's boring me to death, I'm like, well, let's change up the route a little bit. Let's maybe throw a trail run in there. Let's throw some intervals in there, mix something up to make it exciting for you again and get your body adapting to it again.
1: I'm that person. I need, I need variety. And I like the way you actually uh, described that in the beginning, you know, like breaking through that resistance or breaking down the amount of resistance you have to get through to get to that run, right? Because I feel like it's the same thing that translates to a lot of other things if you can make it as simple and as easy as possible for you to actually start the activity then you don't have a lot to think about before that right no i, I yeah i mean it's awesome
2: what he said about even like a walk run i would never think to do that yeah. i literally am on like the verge like we're talking 179 beats per minute heart rate when i'm running oh yeah and every single a, that's time that's a problem i have to i, always, why I hate it. i always <laughs> want to try
1: to run at like a good tempo and be like okay like my mile is good you know like if i'm gonna i am going i do not adjust well to that now, staying on that point, do you have any certain like apps or guided, you know, yeah, like guided running apps that you would recommend to people? I know you were talking about um, Strava before that runners used to record their runs, but I know yeah, I, Nike Running Club.
0: I, I I don't use any of them. I, like so, even my Garmin has recommended runs on it. Okay, that's cool. I don't use it because it recommends it based off of paces, like pacing, and depending on how fatigued your body is, like like an eight thirty pace could be very doable one day and then let's say it's hot and humid or you're extra tired that recommended 830 pace could be enough to like really push you over mentally and physically. So um I always go based off of feel but like I think headspace has like a fitness feature in it that you can like listen to and it like talks you through the runs. I'm a big podcast guy, so I just listen to podcasts on my easier runs. I'll listen to this podcast, not me talking. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, be crazy, <laughs> yeah, i crazy man. Yeah, I
1: don't even listen to myself Narcissism. speak. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: What no, kind of narcissistic no, talk no, is this? No, Nakembe
1: definitely does it like all the time. No, no. no. He listens <laughs> to himself all the time. I'm not sitting there taking notes on the morning runs, so no.
0: <laughs> no, but um, so, yeah, I, I don't have anything in particular I recommend. Yeah. Um, it's probably all personal preference like pick a song that you like um you don't have to go david goggins and listen to nothing because david goggins very much is all about not listening to anything
1: he's just out there he's different people (laughs) but i think that i think the the
2: idea in his head in david goggins head like the fact that i'm listening to nothing is like music to him right he mentally creates the idea i'm listening to nothing this is my fuel For me, it's like, okay, I need to listen to a certain type of music to move. I mean, he's a freak. Dude's Mm -hmm. different.
1: I like that you recommended podcasts too, though, because that's something I started doing um, a little while ago, and I feel like it helps you almost, well, I think it, it helps you retain a lot more from podcasts, especially the ones you're, depending on what you're listening to. I listen to a lot of real estate related podcasts in the morning, and if I'm running, it's, once again, you have nothing else to focus on, right, other than running and what you're hearing through your ears. So if you're sitting there just like hearing this repeated over and over and over, I feel like a lot of it sinks in a lot more. And for me, I know there's a point where I almost get like lost during my runs because my mind's so focused now on this podcast, right? Or on the song. And this is something, you know, like I want to talk about too, because people talk about like that runner's high, right? Or like reaching that point, like you were saying after the second mile, third mile, where things just feel great. Is that something yeah. that you like almost get lost into when you're listening to the podcast? Is that what helps trigger that runner's high for you?
0: So, yeah, I mean, f- part of it for me, the, the, that runner's high side of things is when you get into the longer distances, um, when you're out there, but no, I, I definitely would say that like, if you get a good podcast on and you're actually like very tuned into it and you're listening to it, you get to this point where your legs are just kind of moving and you're not, it's, it's almost like this outer body experience where you're just taking in the, the information, your body's just moving and just automatically going. And then, you know, you look down at your watch and you're like, oh my God, I've been out here for an hour. And you've, you've, you know, you've learned something along the way. So great physically and mentally. And I think that's a great way for people to kind of, um, on some of those boring longer runs to kind of like, just tune out a little bit tune out to what their body's telling them and just get out there and, and, and get a a good long run in.
2: Mm. So when, when you see people. Do you, have you like recognized a pattern over a specific timeline of like, what's it going to take to make me better from a timeline standpoint? Like if I'm trying to build an endurance to the point where I get to three to five miles are easy and cause you could definitely probably do three to five miles at that three to four pace, right? The three oh. to four exhaustion. Okay. what What's the typical timeline for an individual who right now a half mile is the only way I would be able to sustain that pace.
0: Yeah, I um I had some people at that at that level. It was it was about 8 weeks for that for now again, this is very individual like Of course it's, I, it's, I figured that. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you're always kind of assessing and reassessing, but with the right approach and if you're actually building your aerobic base and staying at that, you know, low effort intensity for majority of your runs, that can happen like, you know, you, you can get somebody almost transformed in in a, in a few months. Um, and then, you know, my, my ideal situation is I have somebody for at least three to six months. And by the time they're done working with me, they know everything that needs to go into their training so they can keep carrying themselves on. Cause if there's one thing that you notice is like sports, like track and field athletes, um, specifically sprinters, like Usain Bolt retired. I I, I, Do you guys, I forget how old he was, maybe in his 30s Trying
1: Couldn't tell you. Yeah.
0: I, I forget when he retired, but like, you'll see Google. You'll, you'll see like marathon runners, mm-hmm. they peak like in their, like later in their 30s or even in their 40s, just because it takes years to build an aerobic base. Um, whereas speed is something that comes a little bit quicker for people.
1: Wow.
2: Usain Bolt retired in 2014 after a serious hamstring industry. And then he embarked on a short and ill advised career in football.
1: Yes. Yes. Me and Malcolm were actually making a
2: series this. of appearances for the Australian side Gold Coast Mariners in late 2018. Yes, he did. I, mean, huh? I, I had no idea he did that. Me yeah. neither. He wanted to be a soccer player. He's 35 now, 2021, so seven years. So he, he retired at what? Like, 27. There we go. My age.
1: 27. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, so, and you'll see, you'll see marathon runners and, and these distance runners, they'll, they retire much later on.
1: Mm. So what you're telling me is that I could have a, a future as a marathon runner
0: yeah you could there's there's there's, there's been some pretty uh, impressive feats but like yeah you could you could okay. definitely train that for sure
1: i had the speed early on at a young age right Bert? oh yeah he was a sprinter. So, there so now i was good at the hundred so now i can oh, yeah and i'm this is it and you know what we gotta talk after this <laughs> we gotta talk i think we can, <laughs> summer 2022 we can we can do an iron man <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I love right it right now i'm gonna need somebody to help me swim Okay. That, I that's,
0: where, that's where I suck. I can't, I can't do the thing where I, I, the breathing technique I can't do.
1: I, I can't float. So anything deep water, I'm I'm dead. I can help you. you. You are good in the water. I know I am. Can you teach me how to float? Yes.
2: I'm Cuban. I'm very buoyant. I, I sink. I very sink. Good point. <laughs> I, I can help you.
1: Okay. We got some things brewing here. Man, we do. this is great. You see this? This is what we do week after week.
2: Dana, is there anything um, else you had like for us uh, questions wiser that you feel you would want to relay so that people would come on over to you?
0: I mean, if you if you want to find me, I'm over at the Robust Runner on Instagram. That's like the primary space that I, I I'm I'm kind of in right now. Um, I operate purely digitally, so that's that's where you're going to work with me. Um, so yeah, that's that's the best place to find me. Uh, and the main thing is just like you pop on over to me. I'm I'm always open for conversation. So like, you know, obviously I'm running a business, but at the same time, I want to help people too. So. If anybody has any questions, just shoot me a DM, and I'm more than happy to just chat and answer any questions that come my way. I love that.
2: So that's awesome. Before Then before we get to the content rec, just one last thing. What, and we didn't even ask it, what inspired the run-specific career? Like why, why that?
0: Yeah. Um, so when I started out in my fitness journey, it was through CrossFit, and I was never an athletic person growing up like my friends were in high school. I was not. Um, I found CrossFit when I was about 18 years old. And that was like my first like introduction to like, okay, actually developing some athletic capabilities. Cause like where I was in high school to compare to where I'm at at now, like I've become more athletic and I'm now going to be 33. So it's pretty cool to be like more athletic than you were than when you were like 17 or 18. Um, so that happened. And then when I got into PT school, I wasn't doing CrossFit anymore and I kind of didn't have anything. So Running was something I would do. I didn't do correctly. I would run hard all the time. Like I was always chasing a pace. Um, but while I was in PT school, I had interest in working with the military. And one of my professors, uh, Bill Egan, he was a military grad and he got a connection with the RTC cadets there. So we got to help them when they were training for their um, the Ranger Games, which is pretty much all, all the ROTC uh, programs around the country compete against each other. And it's, it's an endurance competition and helping them treat them like through their injuries and, and getting them performing better while also managing some of the injuries that they were dealing with was a challenge that I really loved. I was already getting into running. So I was like, I want to explore it a little bit more. And then I had some exposures as in some of my clinical experiences to working with runners and like doing like gait analysis. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. And that's where it really took hold. And I, I started to like dive down that rabbit hole. And Next thing you know, I was like going into conferences that were talking about strength training for runners. And then the rest was history.
1: Man. Talk about finding your passion. I know, dude. That's all awesome.
2: love that story. Yeah. Yeah. I do. What too. a way to go out. Yeah. It's cool. When, it's cool. When people come on and like, they have a direct correlation into the story as to what mm-hmm. made them find what they love doing.
0: And, and the other big thing was like, I was seeing so many runners that were, they, and they still, they get horrible advice. Like even just athletic, active individuals that I I see go through PT clinics get horrible advice. And I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way where we bring whatever the evidence is telling us forward. We apply it to people and we give the best possible care that we possibly can. Um, I think I said possibly four times there, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
1: but that's interesting because it's just like, uh, you know, we had Marco on before, um, CEO of automotive mastermind. He said, you know, you, you work in a, in a field long enough where you're around something and then you start finding, areas of opportunity, right? Something that you see that you can improve on yourself and just knowing once again, it sounds like you have a genuine care for the people you're, you're wanting to work with and the people you wanted to help. So it, it only makes sense that, that it would work out for you, right? Because that it's something you love to do, right? It's not like you're trying to reinvent the wheel.
0: No, exactly. It's, it's, it's very, um, it's very natural. And you know, when when you love what you're doing, it's, it's not like it, it, it's not like I'm exerting an effort to complete any, you know, day of work. It's just, it just comes very natural to me.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. So the way we end it always is, um, with the content rec of the week, is there any specific form of content that you would like to relate to the public?
0: For sure. For more running related content, I definitely recommend going out and checking. It's another physical therapist, Chris Johnson. Um, his account is Zarin PT. Um, One of those clinicians who I have been following for years now. uh, And he's definitely kind of the inspiration to where, you know, to, to my approach to to running. And I, uh, I have some of his like running gait analysis books and his, his resistance training books for runners. So highly recommend go check him out. Zarin PT. His name's Chris Johnson.
1: What do you got this week? I'm definitely checking that out this week I gotta I actually haven't watched this one yet but based on all the reviews I know already know it's a hit squid game damn
0: yeah, what is that? I heard I heard about it. I saw that on Netflix. Was, was that
1: well listen, we can just Dan. that could be our, our A group? A group content rec because we're both gonna have to follow up on that next week. So I was a fraud too. I haven't watched it. Either. I haven't watched it. And Al- Alex is my wife is
2: watching it literally no, right she, now. No, she didn't. She and started without she you? did start with that. how crazy is that? And I asked her not you to You know if you did that without her, it would be a different story. It would be a problem. Wouldn't that Damn. be a problem for you, Dan? If if Nisha asked or you asked her to wait and she started it anyway, no problem. Yeah, we, she knew we, and you started it, then it's a problem.
0: Yeah, I, mm. I think I think that would be a problem. We we mm. watched we watched, we finished Ted Lasso together, so that was good. Mm. And I, I, I like I almost went an th- episode ahead, and I stopped
2: for her. Right? Do you want to know what's crazy? If I were to start a show and want to go ahead and start it, it'd be a big problem.
1: We would need a new podcast studio. We would. This building would be on fire. So why is your content worth recl- game? Game
2: over. <laughs> Do you
1: know what it's literally, about? Literally game over. I, I know what it's about. Do you know what it's about? Apparently, these people they. They all can't like pay some bills, right? Like they're just in like crazy debt, and they like correct. Get it's a community taken. of
2: those who are financially in crisis, just poverty.
1: Yes, and they get signed up for some game or they join a game, right? Correct. Well, and they call a specific business card, which yeah. sends them to a game. Hey, listen, we'll solve At all, their own will. We'll solve all your problems. Yes, just come and you know engage in this little activity. Then apparently they show up there, and it's the Hunger Games two kind of in Korea. And, and, I think and yeah, but you can win a big pot of money. Yes. If you survive,
2: if you survive, correct. So this is a reality show. It's, so it's new on Netflix. No, it's one of those shows that's um, probably like only born, a matter of time until but it they have a American show. like talk. You know what I mean, where the mouth moves <laughs> at a different.
1: But it's crazy.
2: I was, just, I was like, I hope this is based in reality.
1: Honestly, Dan, it's probably only a matter of time until it's a reality show. <laughs> yeah. This might just be a trial run. They're probably just like, you know what? Let's see if people tune into this. Yeah, no, there's oh, no, it's, my it's not a reality show yet, Dan, where people actually
2: act, Did like, actually Did we just die.
1: uncover the truth behind the show? Are they trying to see if they can, if to this preface, can be a thing?
2: Honestly, they might pull something off like this in North Korea. This, yeah,
0: this, that's this, where they would pull it off. Yeah, this for sure. This might be going Literally. on already.
2: Well, they might be setting it up. Instagram and Facebook, were down
1: for a little bit. That's we're going to talk about that next week. Dan, we're gonna Yeah, we got to talk about that. A lot of people. Yeah, the the
0: whole whistleblower thing. I know that there's it's too coincidental.
1: Listen, Dan, don't get me started. I don't want (laughs) to get us taken off. That's another Okay, OK, I believe it might have been somebody trying to tank the competition. TikTok has surpassed Instagram recently. Mm -hmm. They might be trying to make the move for Facebook and Instagram at the same time. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. you could take out your competition, you win the game. That's all I'm saying, Dan. That's, That's why I have
0: my business running too on Instagram. So it's got to stay up.
1: Listen, listen, oh, we're right there with you. We just, switch to TikTok, dude. You might have. Yeah, it. we got to pivot. We got to pivot. With what's working right now? So,
2: well, Dan, is there any uh, anything left you want to say?
0: Um, no, I, th- I think we nailed it all. I, I I really appreciate hopping on here with you guys. This is awesome.
2: No, this, we appreciate this was great. it, dude. This was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, It's been a pleasure. If anyone has any other running questions or wants to just get better, hop on over to at the robust runner. Dan, we'll have you back in the future. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you. And as always, everyone, enjoy the first sip.